Welcome back to the 78M podcast. I'm joined on the uh, other end of the microphone, as always, by Brett from Hit91. <laughs> Brett, welcome to the show. <laughs> First of all, uh, very offended that you got the station wrong, but uh, yeah, my voice is <laughs> fucked. Apologies. Um, no, <laughs> apologies that this voice sounds like trash. I sound like a 17-year-old who's going through puberty. I'm, I'm very excited for the blowouts, but I won't be uh, fumbling around with the intro too long because on the other end of the microphone it's a three-prong microphone here we're joined by touch sensitive welcome to the show thanks for having me it's an absolute pleasure to have you on and i mean we'll get straight to it the the way we like to start the show every single week is to to open up your your spotify your apple music and, and get a vibe on what's spinning in your playlist as of late that's a good that's a great question because i have recently um fallen back in love I, I, my faith in um in spotify not that it ever went anywhere but i've finally finally figured out how to use it properly and like i feel like <laughs> in the last couple of weeks i'm really getting some good finding some good stuff in there i like traditionally i come in you know like I, I know who i know who duplo is and all that but i've never really like i don't know it's not like something that i've ever stopped on or like had it in my thing that i would play it do you know what i mean it's maybe been a bit too not like just not the right thing for me but um i recently just discovered this track of his which is it's new it's called uh hold on give me a sec wait 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 it's called right to left featuring melly okay i just found it yeah i think i know the one you mean yeah but yeah Yes. Yeah, that it one. is a fucking okay, bop, so, that, that song. But so that came on my thing and I and obviously I'm driving, I'm not looking up my phone or to try, you know, trying to concentrate on the road. Um and it came on and I was like, oh, this is cool. But then the thing that really grabbed my attention is I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there's a an old disco track called Um Let's 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 All Chant or Let's Chant. I think it's Nick Starker band, something like that. But anyway, the way he's kind of taken the claps from that and put them in this with the hip house, like the rapping. I'm, I'm a big fan. So I love, that's one thing that I've been um, getting into the other thing. Um, brand new um, Alan Brax and DJ Falcon mix of a jungle track called good times. I'm into that. I'm also into this other, this other digitalism track called hottest record in the world. I love digitalism because it can't, it's kind of like, in a way, like what kind of Daft Punk maybe would have kept on doing if they had have kept on what <laughs> they were doing and not done, um, what uh, what's that record? Random Random Access, Access Memories. Memories. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there's one other one which I'm re- which I'm vibing at the moment. Um, it's a dude from Melbourne called something. Oh man. I was literally just listening to it, wasn't it? Uh, Rescue by Ruby Bay Moon. Okay. And is that, uh, do you say that was like a Melbourne house band? It's a, yeah, it's a Melbourne dude. And, and I, I think, um, I don't know much about him. I think maybe he's originally from Sydney, but maybe now he lives in Melbourne. But anyway, I th- though I, I started following him and he was saying that's like the first thing he's put out in years. But it's really <laughs> cool. This Ruby, Ruby Bay um, Rescue tracks really was really cool. And like it's interesting that you mentioned about like right to left having like the the claps as a sample. Is that something that like catches your ear when you hear like one element of a track where you're like, I know where that exact sample is from? Is that is that something that you're you're kind of keeping your ears open for? Um, I'm not. I just if I just hear something and I know it, 
I just I just know it. Like, I mean, because the way the the placement where they are in the bar is a very specific thing, which is very specific to that track, and it, it works so well in in what he's done. Like, it's 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 sick. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it is a banger of a track, though. I gotta I gotta admit. Let's uh let's pivot though. Let's chat uh, touch sensitive. Your your latest EP is called Cold Cuts. It's a four track release, and you've kind of framed it as a tribute to your uncle and as a kind of reflection on your Italian heritage. I guess you know to dance music lovers, Italian disco might be the the, the obvious connection there. But uh, was your uncle Mario was he a don on the dance floor or was he a different kind of genre guy? No, you know what? I don't think I ever saw him dance once in his entire life. <laughs> like those, yeah. I mean. I think I've seen my dad dance once. I don't know something about those old wogs. I don't. I mean, I mean, my family they will just like sit and watch the women dance. Like they, they very. I mean, sometimes I, I mean, if we were at a wedding or something, I'd be dancing with my mom. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, no, I don't think I ever. He don't. I mean, I might be wrong, but no, I don't ever really remember him being being a dancer. Um, it's so that the the one I put out before that, which is called the thirty six level, has another uncle of mine on the cover and then um this one is my other uncle so that one the one before was more 80s this one's more 90s and then there's another one i'm gonna do down the track which is my dad which will be a 70s vibe that'll be sick that'll be and very then, sick and then then that then that's then that's done that's the, the trilogy <laughs> yeah because i mean the, the the thing is like all those tracks were um were like stuff that was done in America at the Future Classics studio. I mean, a couple of things were done here in, in Sydney, but most of it was there and it was kind of like not really single stuff per se, but, um, you know, like we should finish these, we should put them out, like uh, Future Classic were in, into, the, into them. So I was like, okay, how can we make this, tell some kind of story with it, like and not it just be a bunch, bunch of random tracks just like, going on to the internet so well that well that third uh, is the, the the material on that third uh ep it was that also recorded in those same sessions at say, at the future classic studios in in america that hasn't been made yet hasn't been made yet so that hasn't, actually i know oh, sorry i i'll tell a lie there's a couple of things that have that are in my computer that were actually done in sydney actually um but yeah for that one um because it will probably be not so programmed like it will be like real drums and stuff i'm thinking um yeah so it takes a little bit more planning and obviously costs more because all of these things are done like on the on the smell of an oily rag like that <laughs> it doesn't cost you know much to make those so i'm i'm interested to know i mean if you were to sample from your uncle's record collection are there any artists that stand out that you know, would be getting space on, on the release hypothetically. Nah, man, he, <laughs> no, actually, I never really, yeah, I never, Mario, I never really spoke. I never really. The only, the only musical connection there is my dad. Like, not neither of them, ever really spoke about. Yeah, we never really spoke about music. Whenever I was with them, it was all I was more interested in, like, stories of when you know they were young and their lives, like you know. Not yeah, not really. No, 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 no. Yeah, no music from them. You are trying to sort of you're talking about this reflection on your Italian heritage and and musically, you know, there are these Euro house moments within there. There's also a lot of um, like tropical house and, and and tropical disco kind of sounds throughout this record. How do you think you know? 
the record is obviously put through the lens of this of growing up in Australia. But how do you think it would be kind of received on the dance floors in Italy? Uh, you know, how do you think if you took it to a, to an actual Euro disco? How do, how do you think uh, they'd react to those those sounds? Maybe maybe now, not so well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe then. I mean, I've got um, I've got a couple of friends um, who like in Italy who have heard it. Who are who who are actually um, one of them. Um, did a internship at the record label um, it, um, that Keytronics assigned to and Soft Company, which is like the Italo house label. He he worked there and he also had a record label in the eyes in the two thousands. He's like a bit he's a bit older, um, and yeah, he he's like he's into it. And another friend of his who's like one of the pastor boys is into it. So these guys like Italians there that are into that stuff that I know through another um, friend of mine who who lived there for a while and his buddies with all these guys are into, are into it. But, um, but yeah, I don't know really what's happening in clubs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's very few lyrics across the release. Sorry, I've had a bloody slip up there. But, uh, Mate, you sound like me. <laughs> I know, I sound a bit ill, but um, it's, it's only really telling myself that it has many vocals at all. I mean, it's very similar to 36 level. So, I mean, across the two releases, if the question makes sense now, what sort of made you want to let the production shine without leaning on vocals too much? I went through a long period of, like, only really... And actually, man, this I feel like this is... Yeah, maybe I'd be in a different place right now if I didn't, wasn't thinking like this at the time. But I remember, like... So, for a long time, I was just anti-vocal. Like, if I bought a record... I would be more into the B side, which was the instrumental, than the A side, which had the vocals. And like an example of this, like back in the day after Pizza Guy, I remember I got um, a vocal from Keita Alexander, which was like awesome, and she sang on one track. And but for whatever reason, at that time, whenever anyone would send me a vocal, I would just be like, ah, nah, because I would just, I just didn't. I thought it was like maybe too um, commercial or like too poppy or and i just didn't unless you know it was like i don't know luther you know luther vandross or someone like that i was like why would i why would i why would i put a vocal on it like i'm just i don't know i kind of feel like if you if the instrumental is mad enough then that's cool enough that's good enough for me yeah but um with telling myself the i just feel like the particular um vibe of that track worked was suited to a vocal and sometimes man when when things are like when you do sessions with people or, or vocalists like the more um the more chord changes and the more shit that's going on the harder it is sometimes to find a melody that that fits after the fact you know if you're if you're doing it the reverse way instead of starting with the vocal and then doing the music so i don't know i guess i just have shied away from music because i i mean from vocals because i just wanted them to be instrumental and to basically just impress my friends pretty much. <laughs> Would you ever do like a, you know, a touch sensitive uh, remix with, with some vocals added in, you know, to, to some of the classics to, to, to pizza guy and, and, and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. Uh, actually maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I feel like vocals, if they're not right is polluting the music. Like, it's attached to like I'm, an afterthought. 
Yes, I don't know. Depend. Uh, yeah, it's tricky. It's got to be right. It's got to be right. It's, and also, I'm like horrible at lyrics and stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Because I mean, you listen to a song and the instrumental might be great, or you know, I'm the same. Like, I venture into you know metal a little bit because I, I work out to it. But like, the the instrumental might be sick, but as soon as the vocals shit, you just turn off the the track instantly so i yeah i understand i think yeah it's just yeah i just feel like it's got to be right like yeah oh or, or, or you know like have an inst- have an instrumental version so people do have the choice They're like yeah. oh that vocal sucks but the music's sick <laughs> you know? yeah no i understand looking forward into this this next uh installment of the trilogy uh, going into the 70s obviously dance music kind of changed entirely in the 70s um and we got things like obviously the genre of disco but we also got th- like new mediums like the 12-inch single where where you know people would just be letting great breaks run for you know minutes 20 minutes at a time to get people on the dance floor do you think you'll be taking inspiration from some of those like format changes as well as the music or do you think you'll just be like taking those tones and giving it a fresh lick of paint i feel i feel like what i want it to be more is just like uh an un an uncontrollable steam train, <laughs> like like a, a workout. You know, I mean, obviously there'll be a couple of chilled moments, but I want to want it to just be like, like not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say punk, but but like that kind of energy and like just just going for it. Like not, you know, in a couple of them, like some fast. So just some something fun, and also <laughs> that's fun to make. Keep the energy high in the uh, in, in the in the studio. Yeah. Back to cold cuts for a sec. This release, you know, it goes hard. this this awesome tropical dance uh, sound throughout a lot of it, and you know, I'm sure there's a, a few summertime rooftops that are going to be soundtrack to 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 the tracks of this EP. When you were sort of creating the release in your head, did you have like an idealized spot, an idealized location as to where you would uh, you know you could see this being played live at? Nah, I never. I that's one that's one thing that is kind of interesting because when I make stuff, I'm not really thinking about how I'm going to perform it. Yeah. And sometimes that's, I mean, I think that's the cool thing about a band, like when there's a band who like does maybe makes a record and they have like all this stuff, like so much production. Um, but then when they play live, they're just like, oh, well, it's actually just four of us. There's no way we can just redo all that. All we can do <laughs> is just like play, you know, play our instruments as best we can and like work work with what we've got. I think that's a cool approach. But then, you know, when I did the first band tour, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do all this? So like I had in, like players and instruments, but then all a lot of stuff I had to put on backing track, which was kind of annoying and stressful and another another layer of stuff that I d- I'm moving forward, I don't really want to have have to deal with, which is one cool thing about the Genesis Urusu stuff is that that band is like no no backing track. So, you know, throughout the gig, if all of a sudden the band decides to break something down, then we break it down like it's not. And then after the gig, we're like, oh, what happened in that part? Like, <laughs> as, long as, everyone, as long as everyone communicates, that's cool because there's, there's not going to be like a verse vocal coming in when it's the chorus or when it's a bridge, you know what I mean? You, you have the flexibility. But um, another thing is, as far as playing live is I I realized 
when I do play live and it's just myself, people don't want to see me solving problems on stage. They don't <laughs> see anyone solving problems on stage, which is what I feel like happens when you try to do too much and try and have all these machines and all this shit. And I realize that people just, A, they can't see what you're doing. B, most of them don't care. C, most of them just want to have a good time and they just want to see you having a good time. So why potentially fuck everyone's line? Oh, excuse my language. Mess everyone's, nah, get into it. mess everyone's night up because you're trying to prove a point or prove to yourself that you can control a whole bunch of machines at the same time. I don't know. I feel like it's more, and actually, um, yeah, I remember ages ago, what's not saying this, it was like, you know, when you when he DJs, he, it's more of a, a presentation of what he's made, which I think is a cool thing. I know unless you're... Um, a bunch of shredders and people are actually coming to watch you shred. But I feel like <laughs> the only people that go to watch people shred are people that shred. So yeah. it's like a small thing, you know? So, and to do that and to be really good at it is a lifetime of work. And I feel like that, that um, the space where that exists is, is, is small. So it's interesting you mentioned that though, because you know a, a key part of a touch sensitive show is you getting out there on the base, just absolutely going to town and and sort of fucking owning this space live. Do, do you then see that as like you presenting what you've made, or you adding on top of those moments? With, yeah. So yeah. Okay. So what uh, that that's the thing. I um when I do play live, so the bass is out of the tracks, and I play. And a lot of the time when I am playing or as, as, as they develop and as the shows, to, as the shows move forward and I've been playing it for a while, what, what was originally the original part morphs into something else. So later on down the line, I'm like, oh man, I probably should have, it should have been that. So what I really should be doing is like making them, playing them out, seeing how they work, developing them working them and then recording it, not like making it, putting it out and then playing it live and then it morphing into something else. Like, <laughs> oh, damn, I should have put that in there, you know? So, but also the other thing is you come to a gig and you see that version of it, like, and it doesn't exist anywhere else, which is another, another thing, another way of looking at it. So have that jam session between you and yourself and the loops. <laughs> exactly. All going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, before we let you go, I just want to, I mean, touch on, you're an artist at, that obviously likes to reflect and reinterpret. Uh, I, I mean, I guess you could say like nostalgia-inducing tracks. We we had Cosmos Midnight on recently, and and mm-hmm. they walked us through their what they called their R and D playlist, which is where they both had tracks that they want to explore, sample, or, or sort of take inspiration from. So, I guess for you, how do you do your you know your digital crate digging to to find inspo in you know older sounds or um, I guess are you still a bit of an analog man in that sense? Yeah, I um I have uh, a playlist called um actually I've got a couple, but the last one is called New Vibe Refs. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I hear whenever I hear something, I'm like, oh, that's a cool. Or I hear something in it that I like. It could be a rhythm, a chord, whatever. I, I add that, but I still um I still go through records. Yeah, as well. Like I still have records, which I um, I'm about to pack up because I'm moving soon. <laughs> so I still, yeah, it's a combi- a combination of both. 
But the important the, the thing with records is when, because it happens all the time, like I can be in the lounge room, you know, drinking a coffee, like just playing some records, going through stuff, and I'll hear something, and I'm like, oh, that's sick, shit, she's there. I've got to remember to sample that, or that's a drum break, or I've got to remember to do that. And of course I don't remember, and the <laughs> moment's gone. So you just you just have to be diligent. Like when the moment comes and you hear something, you got to grab it straight away or, or, or log it, save it. But also I'm kind of at the point now where I'm a, I'm a little bit kind of over just working by myself the majority of the time. Cause I did uh, the, obviously the Genesis stuff, but the last, last couple of weeks I did um, some flight. Uh, I don't know if I should tell you, but there was a set. I did a session with flight facilities and that was like, you know, with uh, John T and Jack from bad Ra- bag Raiders and Julian Sudek, which was, all like just us playing and like reinterpreting things that they'd made as a band and stuff. And it's just so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. So much more fun. It's so much quicker. It's so much easier. It's like kind of you're, you you're, it's understood that you have one job. You're not expected to do five jobs. Yeah. Which is, I think something that now we like uh, in this day and age where you can sit at a computer and pretty much do an entire record by yourself you kind of there's a bit of pressure to do that, you know, but not everybody is Prince. <laughs> you know, not everyone can play every instrument and do it. You know, so sometimes I think, and you know, the Beatles weren't just one dude; they were like four dudes. So, <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I just think it's a balance between working with other people, getting a vibe, doing things you wouldn't normally do, and not, the other thing is you always, when you are by yourself, I, oh, I find this. Um, to be true is that I just fall into my regular patterns. Like whenever I play, I always feel like I sound the same. And that, and when you introduce someone else that kind of pushes you in another direction. And I think that's, um, that's super important and cool. That sounds like a bit of a, a a future classic super group that you had there as well. Like, (laughs) is there a, could there be like some kind of like collab project coming up, get everyone together, get the, get the whole label in on it. Oh man, I reckon that would be cool, but, (laughs) <laughs> getting everyone i mean COVID would have been the time to do it now everything's open might it might kind of be hard to to, to pin everybody down <laughs> um yeah maybe <laughs> we'll put it we'll put it on the we'll put it on the uh the to-do list for 2023 <laughs> well uh touch sensitive thank you so much for, for joining us tonight uh your, your latest ep Cold Cuts is out now, so listeners get in to have a listen to that wherever and you get your music. And uh, catch Touch Sensitive Live, lighting up dance floors in Sydney on December 17th and in Bali on New Year's Day. Thank you so much again for, for coming and having a chat to us, Touch Sensitive. Uh, thanks for having me, guys.
Yeah.